You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McCuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedians Comedian Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Today I'm talking to an amazing comedian. This is Mr. Mike Gunn. I think I'm probably coming at comedy from a different perspective than most people anyway. In what what respect? In that that I got into it not through art, you know, through drama classes or da 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 da, Mm -hmm. but I got into it because of a horrendously screwed up drug background. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and once you've kind of been through all that, once you've been through like 10 years of drug addiction and therapy and, you know, psychiatric hospital and all that, mm-hmm. you can't really work in a bank anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, as good a, that's as good a starting point as any. T- tell me about that. Give us a bit of background on that. I, I knew, and I, as a, I, I know from your, you know, as a chalk review online of your show Uncut, oh, yeah, which yeah. I, I never saw. How long ago did you do Uncut? Oh, God knows. And um, there's the poster. Um, oh, it should be said, I was going to mention before this, your office looks the most like an office I've seen anyone working. You've got posters of your, you know, and you at yeah. the store and things in yeah, frames yeah. in front of you've even got um, a little tray of uh, like an in tray I have as well you see it's all that good. paper in there that top yeah. one they are all that's all comedy I've written no it isn't that's, really yeah that's not worked <laughs> <laughs> so there's a constant in tray staring at you amazing that's all stuff that's not funny in there <laughs> <laughs> so so you say you were turning around to look when, when was that when was oh, Uncut God do you knows. remember I don't know 2000 and Four. Okay, and that was a show Five. about that was a show about Six. your. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drug addled. Remember, I've yes. got no idea. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Well, it was a show about. Um, it was basically a sort of linear progression of. Um, it was the easiest show I've ever written. It okay. was just um, you know, um, I was born, got into a huge heroin addiction problem, um, used all every drug known to man. And and then after that, heroin for ten years intravenously, and then stopped that. Uh, you know, went to rehab and uh, mm-hmm. 
and came out and thought, oh, what am I going to do with my life? Okay. I mean, <laughs> not very much. I it, know, I'll do stand up comedy. Okay. That, that's kind of, you know. That's the, that the potted history of it. That's the potted history of it, yeah. Okay. I know, I'll write a show about this. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> it wasn't sounds quite like. That simple. I'm desperate to talk to you about that because that, well, that sounds like a sort of a whole other podcast in itself. But let's, let's, let's talk about that a bit and see what we can glean from the relationship between the, those experiences and the yeah. comic you are now and the way. The way you're coming. Okay. Yeah. So just for the sake of um, background, having I mean I, I knew of this, but we yeah. never talked about it before. Um, so you, how did you get into drugs? Was it like a recreational fun thing? Were you yeah. troubled? Um, or what was yeah, your... of course. I, I was troubled, and I think all comics are troubled, aren't they, on some level? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be in a room full of strangers than with my loved ones. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Symptom, exactly. It? You know, I, I want a room full of drunk people to love me. Yeah. It's got to. You've got to have some problems. If that's, if that's your aim in life. Um, you know, reminds me of my childhood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh God, oh, I don't know. Why did I get into drugs? Because everyone I knew was into drugs. I was kind of disenfranchised and felt outside. And you know, it was 1977. Punk rock was happening. Um, you know, I liked Lou Reed and Keith Richards, and you know, everyone else. Everyone I liked seemed to be into heroin. <laughs> okay. And were you were you coming at this from a sort of a working class background or a, a Mid- cosy middle, middle class? class? Yeah, okay. fairly middle class. Um, you know, uh, there were, there were lots of kind of family problems, divorced parents, and all sorts of stuff. I probably wouldn't want to go into on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I you know got into taking you know dope, speed, acid, mm-hmm. you name it. Sadly, no ecstasy. I oh gave, no! Yeah, it's really sad. I gave up. I stopped using drugs in 1986, and just as ecstasy hit the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Timing. All my friends were loved up. I was furious. Oh, there must be a whole raft of people. There must be, in fact, it must be quite an exclusive club, actually, of people who gave up just before the really good stuff. Really started. annoying. Oh god. <laughs> I'm not sure if it really classes the really good stuff. Anyway, no, anyway. I, no, I, I actually, I, I, I should agree with that as well. It's easy to look at that from a comedy perspective. Obviously, there are people. Well, that, I think that's why well. I fit in nicely into the comedy. There are very few um, jobs, I don't think, where you can talk about having acid flashbacks and being in therapy and doing, mm. you know, rehab and and you know, fixing up heroin and you know. And people not go, what? <laughs> yes, yes, sure. <laughs> and people just go, oh, yeah, I've done that. There aren't many jobs where you could fit in with all that sort of a background. Yes. I mean, presumably the few other jobs where you could fit in with that would be full of other people going, oh, would you like some? Yeah, Whereas yeah, this yeah. is, you're, you're sort of inviolable, yeah, yeah. aren't you? You're on stage. There, there is a, a wall protecting you from those experiences in a kind of way because you can say on stage, this is... Although I don't, actually. I, never okay. men- I don't really mention on stage. I, I, used, I tried for a, for a while to talk about not taking drugs in a comedy club. Okay. And, you know, it's like saying you don't like football. Jesus, you have to do, you know, Chelsea or that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, so, is- so, sorry, you, you were saying that you... you um, which way round was that? You were saying um, that, hey, I used to take drugs, or let's talk about... What, what was the thrust of that when you were trying to approach the subject of, ju- of drugs? To a I, I, yeah, I tried to talk about not uh, having... having being teetotal, basically. Gotcha. In a, in a comedy situation, and it's no good. You know, I've got jokes about not drinking, but I've 
learnt over the years that it's best to say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm having a couple of days off drinking," rather than. That's fascinating. <laughs> oh my god! Because if you, it's, it would be like saying, "So I'm a Christian," exactly. Or something yeah, like that. Exactly. It would be, also, oh you can't god. talk about therapy on stage. I mean, yes. Know, no one's. If, I've seen, how many Americans have you seen making that mistake? Especially yeah. women coming over and going, "Hi, my therapist." The audience sh- turn off yes. immediately. Shut yes. up. We don't want to hear you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I've done therapy. I'm doing therapy at the moment, and I'm oh, finding it fascinating, <laughs> and I think it's interesting. And uh, I'd love to talk about it because it is such a taboo thing that Don't so many people are in. I've got to. I've got to try it. I've, I've, maybe I'll maybe I'll try it on a sort of one-off free friend show that uh, that I can happily then jettison if it doesn't yeah. work. But I, I know exactly what you mean. There are certain things that I don't know exactly what you mean. It's a bit more yeah. kind of pronounced in your case. But it does seem that's fascinating to hear that if you uh, if you mention that then there's there's already a, a tension oh god yeah I mean, bit, and, I, and I understand it because the people are out in the club drinking and probably taking drugs and all that and they don't yeah. really they're out for a good night out they don't really want to hear about you know someone that's kind of screwed up their life massively sure. by doing that um, as cause, especially as most people you know don't screw up their lives I'm mean, not anti-drink or drugs in any way you know most people take drugs and drink and have a jolly good time of it yeah you know? <laughs> and manage not to really screw it home and ruin themselves yeah exactly unless you're kind of like me you know with no kind of balance whatsoever and just did it until you mm. know I took heroin until I was nine stone mm. you know bright yellow and in psychiatric hospital and even then I was going oh fine <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> just need a couple of days rest. I'll be fine. Mm. So you just bringing it back to the idea. I, I'd like to talk about this a little bit more. Talking about things on stage which people don't seem to accept. We'll yeah. get. We'll. We'll. Let's let's keep doing that for the moment, okay. and, then, and then come back. You in a can't bit. say you're teetotal. It's pretty weird. You couldn't. I don't think it's. You could talk about being a Christian. Um, yeah, you it's can't so say, weird, isn't it? <laughs> you can't say women are fat. Um, <laughs> especially okay. if they are um, okay. um, <laughs> although I did yes. last night and it got a big laugh but it's tricky yeah. yes you have to tread carefully and how odd that uh, because for me, like with the therapy thing for me yeah. my, and I'm sure, sure the same with the drugs I'm sure the same with any of these things there will be people out there who had experience of therapy yeah. who maybe they want to hear it talked about or maybe if you yeah. can say it in the right way if you can say a funny thing about it like um, there must be, for example, say using drugs. Say um, yeah. in a particular club I'm thinking of in the northwest, you can be fairly sure 25 percent of the men in the audience oh, are yeah. on coke, are yeah, zipping yeah. away and doing lines in the toilet. But it's it has to be kept secret for them to the extent that it, you could never go. So who's on coke? No, do you think in case people go, yeah, oh, I've lost my job, you know? Exactly. Um, so so there is. It remains a, a taboo that people don't feel they can laugh at. Yeah. So that is, I, I suppose that is a sort of. I, I guess as what I'm getting at is, as comedians, we feel like any subject is 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 right for comedy, but only as long as an audience is prepared to. Well, yeah, it's really, it's really, it really shows up when you do a corporate show, you know, in an office, and the, the, the things that would, you know, would go down fantastically well in the club, yeah. and fantastically well with each of those individual people, probably once yes. they're all together in a corporate situation, yes. there's no way they're going to laugh at it because they're sat next to their boss or their wife or whatever you know it's awkward I even found when I was doing I mean I did a whole hour on on the heroin uh, addiction (laughs) a cheery subject Um, I even found that that the people who came to see that there was a level they weren't going past okay yeah because um, 
you know, basically it was the easiest show I ever wrote. I just wrote down, you know, what I did during my drug yes. addiction and and told people. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is funny what, what drug addicts do. Um, but there was, for instance, there, I, I, I did this bit which I thought was incredibly funny, that uh, towards the end of my drug, I was so paranoid about being arrested and all that. So the only place I would inject would be in whilst driving a car. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, if you were driving fast in a car, yes. no one can surprise you, no one can jump out on you, grab you. Yes. You can't be arrested, you know. Sure. You're there and you're in a sort of metal bubble, yes. safe. yes. That's what I thought was That's really bananas. safe. But um, you tell that to an audience of people and they're not thinking, oh, this is a funny routine. They're thinking, fuck me, there's people out there injecting inject themselves yes. in cars. Yes, sure. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. Whereas I told... I, I, I could get away with that routine... Which I in a rehab, which I've done lots of kind of drug rehabs, which is my my that's my target audience for that show. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> they find it hilarious, of course. They they absolutely love it. You know, that's that's the best routine in that show. But say it to normal people, it dies completely. Yes, you're not telling me there's a rehab circuit. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> was, was the show written there with? Is, a... There is a kind. Of, I do. I've done quite a few rehabs. Yeah. Okay. I do because they have conventions and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I've done some. I went back and did the rehab that I was in actually which was wow. uh, yeah it was fantastic oh and my god film. yeah that must have been what a personal achievement that's like the end of a movie <laughs> is it is it <laughs> here he is performing his show yeah <laughs> yeah it was great yeah it was really good really enjoyed it yeah. So, so in the in the writing of that show yeah you were going through all of these different experiences and finding the funny in them from the perspective yeah, yeah. of someone who was already a, a working club comic that was something you yes. that wasn't the first show you wrote no, that was no, a thing no, that no, you no, decided no. to, to yeah, come yeah. to so I'm just wondering about the, the, the context of doing those shows because obviously in the right context of a you know a rehab yeah, centre yeah. people get it and it works I wonder if someone like I mean the obvious example would be someone like Russell Brand who's kind of overcome drug addictions yeah, yeah. to become very famous yeah. whether he could I mean do you think he could tell those stories to his audience or do you think there would still be a line whereby whereby I mean what I mean is like if you were if you were globally famous as being yeah. a guy who'd recovered from it do you, could you see that material working then <sighs> do you think your audience would be wanting to hear those stories or do you think there would there would still be a line I think there's still a line yeah. I think this is the line. Some stuff that, that, that junkies find funny, you know, I don't think the average person finds funny. But see, the thing is, if, if you're a drug addict and, you know, and, you, and you're sat around with a load of people and some, somebody ODs and dies, you know, the, 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 the natural response of the drug addict is, Jesus, where do they get their gear? It must be good. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you can okay. say that in a, in a in a room full of drug addicts, and they'll all identify and think that's yes. a funny thing. Yes. But of if they, you say it to an old person, like I just did to you, you yes. go, "Oh my God." Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think no matter how famous you are, there's still going to be a line. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, actually. I, having said that, I can't think of much of Russell Brand's, to use that example, has material about being covered in puke. And, you know, I think it's, sort of, it's, it's an exception. It's like a rock star face of it, isn't it? Yes, what exactly. Which, of course, it's not like that at all. Sure, sure. No. I'm sure even rock stars don't really, you know... It's not glamorous, is it? No. <laughs> no, sure. Or, I mean, I mean drug-taking can be glamorous, but drug addiction can't be. Yes. Big difference, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's one of the wisest <laughs> things anyone said on the podcast. That's great. That's okay. Yeah. Um, it's not really about comedy, though. <laughs> no, that's all right. All the best stuff isn't at this point. So here's Mike, and this is. This is one of my all-time favourites. There's real insider stuff here as well. Uh, as well as, I mean, obviously Mike, is a, he's a brilliant comedian. He's a big fan of the podcast, which is always lovely. And he's a very warm and a very funny man. But over and above all of those things, which would ordinarily make for a, a fascinating chat, um, this is one of those shows where we're going to get right inside Mike's process. There's lots of really, really specific stuff in here, uh, really specific examples of things that you can use right away, writing techniques and so forth. Uh, if you're a comic or if you want to be a comic... And there's some brilliant tips. There's some very specific tips for new acts who want to work at the comedy store. Uh, And there's also Mike's whole system for writing jokes that includes not just technical stuff of how to actually find the funny in subjects, but also how to fit those exercises into your life. Uh, On top of that, there's also how to survive at corporate. Not even how to survive at corporates. There's how to excel at corporates uh, and any kind of... um, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll let Mike explain what we mean by those when we get to them. Um, but there's just so much. This is absolutely bursting with stuff. I, I actually, <laughs> I think I say a couple of times during this show, I really don't want to give this episode away. I want to keep it for myself. It's got so much hands-on stuff uh, I think you're really going to enjoy a uh, couple of little admin things before we do thank you very much all you people who are funny for no money uh, I'm really enjoying your contribution uh, I'm just quickly going to read some of the uh, the best funny for, funny for no money challenge results um, I was uh, after titles for an Edinburgh show about war and uh, fish or the, the the world of the sea and uh, I it's really good to know that there are so many people out there who are funny for no money who are, who are non-comedians who enjoy the show and it's really, really encouraging to know that so many of you are absolute idiots. Uh, featuring Mr. AJ Bell with God Krill Hunting. <laughs> God, sorry, God, Cod Krill Hunting. It's, it's a double one. It's still not really a war film, but it doesn't matter. It's fun. Matt Butterworth with Inglorious Bass Sharks. Ah, oh, it's painful. Bloody Helm. This was his third try and he got as far as Adolf in Hitler. <laughs> Shocking. The Great Westie, Crouching Tiger, Squid and Dragon. They start to get quite good now. Being and Tim gave me bed knobs and crab sticks, which, again, sort of doesn't work, but it's fun. Fun to say. Uh, M. Woods and also Matt Green both submitted uh, Prawn on the 4th of July. And now we're on to the winners. These are my three winners. I I thought Prawn was very good, but... um these three were sensational. Uh, Rivet Master with Stew Tells Wee Shells of the Sea War, which I believe he also then wrote, he or she, apologies, uh, then wrote Sorry afterwards, and you apologise uh, in good time. Uh, Bert War with Kraken Off, which is a tremendous phrase that I hope someone will put on a T-shirt and send to me with a picture of Kraken. Um, and the winner is LaRusso Lost with The Sea Bomb. Oh, it's so clever. Think about it. The Sea Bomb. Brilliant. Maybe cleverer than it is funny, but it certainly tickled me. So well done to you three. Uh, you will win a slow motion high five. Uh, also, Super Goldsmiths uh, this week are Lindsay. I don't know how to pronounce this because it's on Twitter. It might be Lindsay EC or Lindsay Eck or even Linz I. See, I've no idea. Uh, LaRusso Lost and Wormito, uh, all telling me that they've told people about the show who've then really enjoyed it. So thanks to them, you're all super goldsmiths. Um, and the new Funny for Money, we'll do this very, very quickly. Uh, if you're, sorry, Funny for No Money, if you are funny for no money, uh, or if you've ever been paid for uh, doing comedy ever, then your hashtag is hack for cash. Get in touch with me at ComComPod. I'm going to do a show about birds and crime. What am I going to call it? Get cracking. That Get cracking is the answer. That's my telling you to get stuck in. 
Um, last two little bits of admin. James Acaster, the live special, is going to be on Wednesday the 6th of February. James is going to be doing a set and then we'll talk about his life, his comedy and the stuff that he has just performed. Only the interview is going to be podcast. So if you want to get the most out of that show, come and see the live show. Come and see the fabulous James Acaster doing half an hour of new stuff his old favourite stuff whatever whatever, whatever he does uh, we're going to talk about it and, and go into it with a bit more depth so do come and see that live details are on the Facebook page you can also access that through comedianscomedian.com tickets are selling fast I assume I have no way of checking until I work out how to do that but they're probably nearly all gone so do get stuck in Wednesday the 6th of February at a secret location in London's glittering West End and finally this chat I had with Mike we, we spoke for two hours or more so I, I had a real difficulty deciding which bits of that to put on the podcast i have finally succumbed and made another extras download so it's an mp3 with about 40 minutes on it uh of, of extra stuff that's all the, uh, mike's stuff about touring with sean collins post uh, roadshow um some great stuff about doing uh, mcintyre's roadshow as well um some very specific tips for acts doing the tryout spot at the comedy store uh there's some stuff about mike's experience of the edinburgh fringe uh, we're going to be dealing with the issue of plagiarism, and and I'm not. It was, I really want to make clear we're not being salacious about that, but we we're dealing. Mike de- is dealing with that issue in this conversation very very sensitively. But it's a very interesting perspective on what happens when your stuff goes walkabout. Uh, and there's even more concrete ideas and tips for dealing with corporates. So go to comedianscomedian.com backslash Mike M I K E for those extras. Follow the steps. Put in your email address. If you've ever downloaded extras before, then just put in your email address and it'll download automatically. If you haven't and you'll need to sign up. Just follow the steps. Um, still taking suggestions for Australian and New Zealander comics that you'd like on the show. I'm going out there for three months early next year, so email info at comedianscomedian.com or tweet me at comcompod. That's everything. Let's get stuck back in. This is just one of my favourites. I, I will take you back now to Mr. Mike Gunn. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk about you coming out of that then. And so how, what was the period in between uh, giving up the drugs and becoming a stand-up comic. Let's let's just oh, place you in your in your okay, origin okay. story. I, I gave I, I gave up, which just sounds like a very simple thing to do, but it, of course it wasn't a simple thing sure. to do. I did psychiatric hospital rehab, lots and lots of therapy. It took years and years and years to get to the point where, um, and I got a job. Um, I came out of all that and I got a job. And this all took I don't know seven eight years, whatever mm-hmm. you know, a long time anyway. Um, um, and. I got a job repairing photocopiers, 
okay? And I was doing that job, and um, there's a funny little story, actually. I, when I was first out of rehab, um, I, you, you kind of... Um, you're emotionally unstable when you come out of rehab. You've been taking drugs all your life. You suddenly stop, and suddenly you're you're back to where you were when you started. So you're emotionally like a twelve-year-old. Sure. And um, you know, and you're do you remember Kerry Katona in the jungle bursting into tears all the time. And, yes. And actually, like, well, you like that. So I came out of rehab. I got this job as a photocopy repairman, and I was working in a school. Okay, I went to this school to repair their photocopier, and. Um, and it was a kids' school. They're all kids' schools. Anyway, <laughs> I was in the room. Um, it was a little hallway, a hall, and uh, all the children came in. The photocopy was in the corner. And the children came in. They're all infants in their school uniform. They sat in a big ring on the floor, held hands. The teacher was there, and they started singing a song. Okay, and it was a happy song. I'm in the corner, fresh out of rehab. Mm. Okay, trying to repair the photocopy. <laughs> not knowing anything about I'd lied and said I knew how to repair but I didn't <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get a job when your CV is I've sure. been a drug addict for all my life yeah. yes. so anyway um, I, so I'm in the corner they're singing I'm emotionally unstable fresh out of rehab and they're singing a happy song and I thought oh my god I'm going to cry yeah. <laughs> so I thought I can't cry in front of all these kids so I thought I've got a choice I can either run out crying it's going to be a bit weird yeah. I'm going to lose my job first day or I thought I'll get down behind the photocopier and they won't be to see me and I'll be to cry. Okay? Okay. So I'm crouched behind the photocopier crying. Okay? <laughs> the kids are singing. I'm occasionally tapping it with a screwdriver making it seem like I'm doing something. And one of the kids sees me. <laughs> Puts his hand up. <laughs> oh. and, and the teacher says yes. He says, Miss, the photocopy repairman is crying. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so they're all, all the attention, I have to say something. So I say... It's a very serious fault. I've <laughs> 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 oh got the right tools. So, um, so that's where I was at. Okay, I was fresh out of rehab, emotionally sure. unstable. This is like I was just thinking. This is like the selfish giant. I was hoping to see you as you look now, surrounded yeah, by these exactly. kids holding hands. So oh, wow. basically, I didn't fit in very well in the photocopy repairing, and um, and also like you I did the therapy and all that stuff and it suddenly came to the conclusion I suddenly thought hang on a minute I haven't been through all this all this addiction all this rehab and all that to bloody repair photocopiers yeah, this right. is not where I'm at okay. um, I've felt like an alien anyway um, and I just thought I've got to look around for something else to do that, you know, something that I actually want That's, to do. It's almost a very much, it's like a careers advisory chat. Like if you yeah. said to someone, I feel like an alien, I feel disenfranchised, I'm used to being on my own and kind of living by my wits. Exactly. What have you got for me? Well, there exactly. is this one thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I, so I did, um, I did a couple of little courses. I did circus skills. Did like, you? Yeah, I did circus oh, nice skills. One. I did juggling, game. all that sort of stuff. I can juggle clubs. Lovely. Just about. Um, and I did that, and I did a few. I did electronics, and uh, and I was in Covent Garden watching one of those um, guys juggling. And I know okay. this is your okay. background. Sure. And, um, and he was juggling. I can't remember eight, seven balls or something. Anyway, sure. something you know. And he threw them all at me. Caught one on each foot, one on each hand, one on the back of his neck. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it was a fantastic trick. And you know, there was splashing of applause. And then he told a joke and got a big laugh. Yes. Right. And yes. he said. You know, he said something like, seven years it took me to learn that with the juggling. 
and I get a bigger response for this cheap joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I thought mm, he's got a point there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just uh, just a note to any uh, listeners: send me an email info at comedianscomedian.com if you know who that was because I've got a couple of ideas. But someone will know, like Noel Britton or someone will okay, be right yeah. in touch. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and then I went and did a, a stand-up comedy course at Jackson's Lane. Oh, not only because of that, but also because. I was quite shy and insecure and, um, you know, emotionally unstable. And as part of my kind of recovery to get back into the world, mm. I thought if I could just stand up in front of people for five minutes and do something, that would be a real major boost to my confidence. Sure. I never thought I'm going to be a stand-up comedian for a job. Yes. This I was just reaching around to try and kind of get myself something to do in the world yeah. and be a bit confident. And I went and did a Jackson's Lane course in... 95 I think um, and and with very good teachers um, Andy Parsons is one of the teachers really? Uh, yeah oh, wow. <laughs> Nick Wilty Charmaine Hughes oh Dave Thompson God. anyway we had a different teacher each week and um, and I was so unsuitable for stand up comedy <laughs> I was so shy and awkward and insecure mm. that whenever I spoke it got a big laugh <laughs> Oh wow! Because okay. it was just too it was because too it was wrong. really raw it was and so honest wrong. and, and so um, wrong. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, and I think I got the bug for it then. Basically, I thought, yeah, actually. Also, the other thing, of course, is after you've had a big career of injecting lots of you know speed and coke and heroin, mm. you know, you need some adrenaline rush. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> is it comedy is your methadone? Is that what you're I saying? Kind of, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, I think I needed something where there was going to be highs and lows and sure. you know lots of uh, lots of you know what's fascinating to me about this or one of the fascinating things about this incredible story <laughs> uh, is that you come at comedy um, almost th- the most healthy way round <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, like you, you, you've what? almost you've come to it and gone this is I mean no I mean I'm not saying you're, the origin was healthy but the, no. the direction from which you approach comedy you weren't desperate to make people laugh and needing a thing in your life you were right. making decisions about this would be really good for me to do you've actually yeah, used yeah. it as a, yeah, a patch yeah. as a, like a software patch a you know patch, you've got yeah. like a this this will heal me yeah do you think it's been successful in I think it's been very that? successful yeah you seem very happy you've got lovely kids we're in your I've lovely got house I've you got know. a nice house a couple of cars it's got to be a lot of ex-junkies who haven't oh done god this nearly well. everyone I know who I use with nearly they're all, nearly all dead they're nearly all dead. They've all, they were nearly all dead 15 years ago. Sure. Um, they're either dead in prison um, or religious in that kind of mental, religious <laughs> way where you go around stopping people in the streets and going, Jesus loves you and you yes, know, okay. following them home, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or standing, you know, those people you see standing in Leicester Square going, sure. you know, you'll die and all that business. Yeah, yeah. That, one well, of that's them. their comedy circuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? That's got to be. <laughs> he was John. storming it, the guy yeah. I saw the other night. <laughs> yeah, no, they're either, either that's where they're, where they're at, they're in prison or... I went to a reunion, um, a kind of friends reunion the, uh, uh, a couple of weeks back um, and um, all the people that I really wanted to see were didn't turn up because they were in dead or in prison or on a curfew. <laughs> they couldn't come out after eight o'clock. <laughs> this is quite funny, but the real sad... next year's reunion bowling at one. Exactly. <laughs> the real sad thing about it was something that really, really got to me was some of the people that I used with their children have OD'd and died and I thought oh god that really sums it up doesn't it sure yeah Yeah. so it's not all laughs drug addiction (laughs) (laughs) 
God. There's some laughs in there. Yeah. Yeah. There is loads of laughs, but I mean, you know. Anyway. Brilliant. Enough. Brilliant. Good. Um, I will, uh, I've been so glued to that, I haven't planned what I'm going to say next, okay, so I'll, no uh, this will be a sting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, punk, um, you know, it was my punk rock stand-up comedy, Yeah. really, because in 77, you know, I, I, I'd go and say, I saw all those punk bands and all that stuff, and I loved that whole scene, but I was kind of too screwed up or on something to kind of get involved. And unmusical. Okay. And so I kind of. Said, not that unmusical <laughs> stopped a lot of people in <laughs> no, 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 but I mean, but um, and now I, you know, when I started doing stand up, it was a bit like that. Anyone can get up and have a go. I think it is again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that was the, that was my punk rock. <laughs> No. And, and how were you? How were you generating that material? Were you at the time sitting down and writing out longhand, or were you? I've always talking about stuff on stage and making it up. What was the? Oh, I never, I never, I never do stuff on stage. Okay. If I say it, it's been written down. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I hardly ever improvise on stage. Well, I'm little tiny little bits, tags maybe on sure. the end, but I never improvise a routine. Sure. Um, it, the, the way I write is. I write it down normally on a computer, mm-hmm. um, and I've got a, a, a and that and I learn it basically. I, okay, absolutely. Every, so you write it with jokes complete, and how? how yeah, well, that's that's. that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I do is I I write down the routine exactly as I think it should be said. Okay, okay. we've got into the writing bit, haven't we? I write it down exactly as I think it should be said. And then I edit out all unnecessary words, and I make it as concise as I possibly can, and I and I put the funny where I think the funny is, the gaps there. I write it exactly as it is, but but I use a very cunning method of um, making it not seem scripted. Um, is I don't actually learn it. <laughs> <laughs> you cunning bastard. <laughs> <Really cunning. laughs> I write it down, I make it very careful, this is exactly how it should be said, but then I only roughly learn it. Okay. So when I go to say it, I don't know it. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. But I say it, you know, and then it comes out of my mouth as as kind of as I would say it. Yes, rather yes. Than, rather because you're trying, you're mentally, you're, you're not trying to... You're not scrabbling for it, but yeah, you're yeah. just hitting the points which naturally you would remember. Yeah. Which is that's a, a rough approximation of the way people tell stories conversationally. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. You, you remember the sort of key yeah, points yeah. That's how I do it. And, and is that that's how you started writing, and that's how you've continued writing? Is it always been like that? What have been the changes in how that? Like I said, I was saying earlier, the reason that this that I like this podcast and I've listened to it is because I don't actually think anyone knows how to write comedy sure <laughs> I think we're all going God how do you do it how do you do it you know I yeah. think if you knew how to write comedy then you know you'd write yourself a brilliant two hours of observational stand up comedy and tour yeah. it and call it the roadshow and make millions of pounds <laughs> 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 no, no. okay some people know but um, I, I, I bet even Michael McIntyre doesn't know sure you know how to write if you know what I mean I mean I, I, I a friend of mine Mark Billingham who used to be a stand up yeah know, I've never met him I've, oh, I've okay. heard of him yeah. well, I, I love looking at whenever I'm in an, uh, an airport I look at his books to yeah, see exactly. how many names of comics exactly, I can find yeah. as his character it's brilliant he is a massively successful author and he's written I don't know 12 12 bestsellers okay sure. and I was talking to him just the other day and he's got to start his next book mm. and he said to me whenever he starts a book he thinks he doesn't know how to write a book Oh and he thinks oh my god I can't do this and I don't actually know how you write a book and he says he has to be about a third of the way into it before he goes oh yeah okay I think I've got the hang of it now 
But that's after 12, and that's how I feel about... God, that's so (laughs) depressing. (laughs) This is, I'm sure I started doing this, hoping, I started doing this podcast, hoping that people would go, right, here's 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 how you do it. And of course... Yeah, I mean they don't but but that just to think like that's always I've written three hour long shows yeah. and at the beginning of each one I thought oh, God, I just don't know exactly don't know. Yeah. To, to feel that I might be still <laughs> feeling that ten hour long shows down the line is quite terrifying yeah, but yeah. maybe comforting in the same way maybe you you release yourself and you go okay well this this yeah. is it this is the bit where I don't know what happens yeah it's really hard I mean you know should we get on to the, how we how, I, I write in various different ways all of them extremely slow <laughs> Um, I use um, the I use the um, you know the Gene Perret method I think it is okay. um, where I actually if I'm, I'm writing a subject say I'm writing about you know photocopy repairing mm-hmm. whatever I I'll have headings people places things events words and phrases okay. Okay. okay so I will write down all people I can think of that are involved in photocopy repairing in some way you know like Mr Rank Xerox or okay. you know Dave, who I work with at the office, and you know sure. e- everyone, and I will also write down opposites. So, and I'll look around places, you know, office, uh, offices, all all the places where things, events, words, and phrases, which I get a lot out of, um, you know, catchphrases, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'll write down everything I can, and I'll also write down opposites. Okay. So when I've done all that, then I'll write down opposites. Opposites for everything in every column. Well, or you, just, you, you would attempt to. Yeah, just. Uh, uh, you know, the ones that spring to mind, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I will. Um, I've been using the Mio method, as I call it. Like, okay. Sure, Mio. I've, I've, not, I, I've not done it yet. Well, I'm because, sure I will. Because, <laughs> um, because you know, like I say, I'm, I'm always saying to people, "How do you write? How do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you do this?" And I said to him, because he's a very prolific writer, mm. uh, "How the hell do you write your material? <laughs> Please tell me." And he's, you know. And he tell, and I went. No, no. I want a more specific answer. I want to know what you do. Mm. Tell me when you mm. start to write. What do you do? And basically, he does much the same thing. What he uh, what, and, and I've used this method recently, and it's been good. Um, he'll look at the newspapers. He'll find a story he likes. He won't actually write about that story. He'll write about the basis of that story. So if it's about um, you know the, the tsunami in mm-hmm. Japan, he won't write about that. He'll write about storms or natural natural disasters or whatever. Okay. Okay. So that when that story's over, he can still use it. Oh, okay. that's clever. <laughs> oh, that's clever. <laughs> okay. I might edit that out. And exactly. Keep it. <laughs> so that's the that's the first thing that, that that I've been using to do. And then what he'll do is he'll do exactly what I do. He'll do lists or spider diagrams or whatever whatever method. Some means of plastering Pla- everything all of the you know ideas. about that yeah. subject. Yeah. Okay. And then what he does, he'll do that for. Well, this is what I've been doing anyway. I I, I, I do that for an hour. Mm-hmm. One full hour of sitting there writing down lists of words, whatever, mm-hmm. anything connected, you name it, write it down. And the people, places, things, events, words are just ways to make your mind think of other things that yes. might connect. Sure. Um, then, when you've done all that, don't try and write any jokes. You've done all that, go to the gym. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't go to the gym because I hate it, but I go out on a bike ride. Okay. okay. So go out on a bike ride, and quite often I find during that half an hour bike ride okay. um, where you're having to kind of do exercise sometimes ideas pop into your head there and then mm-hmm. so and then so when you've done that come home have a shower go back look at that work that you've done mm. for one more hour mm. 
So you've got to sit there and try and come up with something for an hour. For another hour's another worth of hour. generating stuff. No, no, just than... another hour of looking at it and going, yeah. where's the joke okay. here? To, okay. to, you know. So you don't have to come up with more things for your mm-hmm. list, although if you do, fine. Mm-hmm. You have to then try and get something out of it. And for that, an hour's a hell of a long time yes. when you've looked at it and gone, I can't find anything funny about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. well, you've got another 55 minutes. <laughs> and you have to sit down and do the yeah, hour. Yeah. Okay. And I find if you do that, you will come up with something. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, and that's such a, that's such a, uh, a whole technique. Do you know what I mean? That's such yeah. a, a whole... I've only just been doing it that way. And okay. uh, the other thing I use, of course, is Twitter, um, which is when I'm doing that, and I'll come up with some stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's normally not very good. Mm-hmm. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. If there's a kind of joke that I've come up with, um, I'll put it on Twitter. And if it gets retweeted and mm-hmm. you know, people like it, then I think, oh, well, maybe it's worth pursuing. Okay. Maybe it's worth pursuing. So to use that as a little litmus yeah, test yeah, of whether or not there's test. anything in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just in the same way as, you know, sometimes you have an idea about a routine, you say it to an audience, and if there's kind of like, you know, if people kind of nod or... Mm. Not even, it doesn't even have to be laughs, but if people yes. kind of identify with it, you get a feeling that there might be something worth working on there. Sure. Yeah, which is the same thing as Twitter. Also, it makes you write it in less than 140 characters, which is can't be a bad thing. Yes, certainly <laughs> in terms of word economy and all that kind of thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so brilliant. That, that's one way I do it. And the other way I do it is, um, and I thought, think you talked about this with Mark Mayer, is give yourself a subject and go, right, write about that for mm. three minutes non-stop. Mm. You may not stop. You cannot edit yourself. Mm-hmm. You must write constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, sometimes you get something out of that. Sure. Something I've noticed I've been um, doing recently or or I've I've become more aware of recently is when I hit upon a topic and I think, oh, I've never heard anyone do anything about that before. Yeah. You think, oh, there might be something in that. Are Are there particular... Do you have a similar sort of thing? Do you have aerials that kind of go, oh, oh, actually, that, that might be untouched? Or is it that you... What what makes you decide? Like, if you're doing that kind of three minutes worth of writing yeah, stuff, yeah. what? How do you zero in on something? What criteria do you look for when you think, oh, this this might have something to it? What is that feeling like? What? God, do, do you know? Of course, the best the the best jokes I've ever written are have not come out of any of that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, the best jokes I've ever written just come to your head like that, and you go, oh, that's a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sadly, that doesn't happen often enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that is the that that that's the way. I mean, yeah, I can think of like one one of my most. I mean, it's clubby. It's a little bit yeah, yeah. rude, so it's not great for certain environments. But yeah. one of my favourite fallback. Oh, hang on, this isn't going quite as well as I thought. I better rip this one out. Yeah, yeah. I remember exactly where I was standing, coming home with some shopping, when it just fell into my head, and I thought, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Do you always have, there's always a little fear that you've heard someone else say it. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the I problem... mean, for instance, I, my wife's a good thing. I, if I'll say something to my wife, and, um, you know, for instance, she, she uh, one, one of my favourite jokes, which I probably not, I don't do anymore because it got overexposed, but um, she said to me, um, you know, it'd be really romantic if I could be buried in my wedding dress. And I said, you know, you better hope you die of some kind of wasting disease, <laughs> right? <laughs> Her reaction, her reaction was, was so about. bad that yes. I knew immediately that that was a good joke. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she oh, was so lovely. upset about it that I yes. knew. So what, what, <laughs> then, then what I do is I've got that joke and I try it out and I know it works. Then I try yes. and write tags. Yes. Oh, then you. I mean, would you then go right? Wedding dresses. 
and yes. then take that and do your, do yes, your system with it yes, and stuff would, like that. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll try and add to it and make it into a routine. Because okay. I think yeah. that the, the danger of those moments when a brilliant joke drops into your head yeah. is that you go away thinking, oh, I just need to wait for that to happen. Yeah, more. Yeah. But what we're talking about here is, um, but is I the fact think that you just have to keep... I think that if you do all that stuff... Um, those jokes are more likely to drop into your head. Yes. But certainly when you're riding your bike or at the gym or whatever it is you do in between to get your brain off the subject or to let your subconscious work on it. That's what it's about really, isn't it? You do your hour, you then go off, let your subconscious turn it over. Yes. Yes, I've certainly never heard that before. That I mean, that's a really surprising, but I can completely see where that's coming from, of... Uh, a surprising technique that you go get all that stuff down and then go and do something else don't just sit there looking yeah, yeah. at it and growing more and more <laughs> depressed exactly <laughs> thinking I can't do this what do I ever think I could do this what's wrong yeah. with me why am I doing this job I can't do <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, I'm I'm doing corporate work thanks to McIntyre, um, because I, you know, sure, you know how it is. People go, oh, we've put you forward for a corporate, and you go, oh, great, and then you never hear from them. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, now they send that little clip of me on McIntyre, and they go, oh, he's been on the. Oh, he's done that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, have him, right? Great. So, so now I'm having to do, you know, just the most hideous boring, tedious gigs mm. like, you know, the Institute of Paper Merchants Awards and, and which I you know, the other night I did the <laughs> the other night I did the food and you see this is how boring it is. I did it three days ago. I can't remember what it was. I wrote for it and everything. Um the food and hygiene standards agency or something <laughs> annual <laughs> dinner. Whatever. Anyway. So I will write for that. How, how I work, write for that is, and I will do it only because I have a deadline. Sure. So that's the only way that makes me write. Yeah, and even then, helpful, yeah. even then, I had a week to prepare. Even then, I did it in the three hours before the gig, okay. panicking and okay. you know sweating. What I do is I find out everything I can about their tedious business. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This is why I got into comedy because I couldn't fit in in these environments, and now yes. I'm back in there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always think that whenever I have to wear a suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was the whole point of me not doing it. Yeah. But the comedy circuit seems to be collapsing a bit. So I mean, mm. this is a you know, it's a good way to kind of you know supplement your income. Um, and basically, I will I'll try and just get information about the the company. Mm. I will find out what the directors' names are. Look them up. Are they on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn? Do you oh, know? Are they on clever, Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. I look up that. Um, quite often, the website of the company will have the directors with their hobbies, mm-hmm. and then you know. And I will basically write cheap jokes about their hobbies. And so I have a deadline, and then I'm forced to write about it, basically. And you know, for corporate events, it don't, you don't have to do good jokes; you just have to do jokes. <laughs> okay, okay. This is interesting because I think I, I'm sure. You gave me this bit of advice, and I've certainly given it to other people and said, "Oh, this is what this is my yeah. golden rule," um, which was that um, when they send you the information for a corporate, you ask, "Is there a bit of an office joker character? Yeah. Can we get him to send me his yeah, opinions?" Yeah, yeah. I do. And then, and then the office joker sends you the opinion. And then the brilliant bit about the advice is you just read them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I then, do that. I do if that. they fly, you take the credit, and if they die, you go, "God, Colin's a bit of a wanker." Exactly. I mean, that's amazing. That, <laughs> I do do that. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! I'm glad I'm yeah, glad yeah, I'm yeah, attributing yeah. that correctly. Yeah. But it, it seemed to me like the 
what I loved about that was the the elegance of it because it, it just seems like such a wonderful not a con trick but a way to just generate gales of old, laughter old junkie trick of yeah. <laughs> I mean that's of great. robbing people of their stuff basically <laughs> and taking I, the credit I always thought I always thought that was just priceless just the, 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 you know always get the, get the stuff in advance and then just read it out exactly that's what I do do that yeah. but and also I get the name of the person that's given it to me you know yes. Dave whatever it is and then and I'll also go obviously I can't tell you who's given me this information Dave uh, yeah 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 exactly exactly that's you know, great especially if it's dying and it's Dave sure you know. sure but that's brilliant to hear that uh, the same because that, that to me didn't um suggest necessarily that you would be someone who would then also do loads of writing on that topic is that something you do more now is that I mean presumably no no I do I do that but what you know wherever whoever they send you whatever information you yeah. get you just have to add jokes to it basically okay um, you know and take the mick out of the people sure. um, you know it can be it can be so it can be because I'm not great at improvising I have to write everything yes so I, I write you. everything I so um you know, if they've sent me some stuff about the director and they say, oh, you know, he's uh, he likes to collect stamps and uh, da, 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 and you know, a list of stuff, and I go, yeah, apparently you do all this. I think what they're saying is you're a tedious git. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, sure. That's sure. enough. To, if you call the director of the company a tedious git, then everyone else thinks it's hilarious. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You might not get but paid. But they love it. <laughs> well, yeah, but they love it. They love it because I've seen, I've seen like some of the testimonials on your website from your corporate work. Yeah, yeah. You're someone that really nails that, and you can tell how much they warm to it. Not always. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I've died horribly as well. <laughs> because presumably you don't get to test that stuff out anywhere no, no, you arrive you there with it, yeah. a bunch of new stuff floating around I mean, I've, I've certainly done that I did the London Transport Awards oh, it's so, so, so oh nerve wracking isn't it I did like an hour and a half beforehand in the hotel room that yeah, I yeah. got in the building that it was going to happen in and I was just writing stuff there and then because that yeah, was yeah, that immediate deadline yeah, yeah. thing you know and, and then you walk on so part of me thinks forget this forget this just walk on and do a best do the best job you can with what you've got yeah, rather yeah. than be on there with these ideas falling out of your head and not not being able to remember things you know so it, it, it's really it's that's a really good skill although we might kind of you know laugh at it but that seems like yeah. you're putting a lot of work in there and actually justifiably getting some good rewards from it it's horrific though isn't it it's horrible <laughs> I mean it's yes horrible. it's horrific it's like fixing up really bad speed <laughs> <laughs> You feel like all oh, your whole body's like you know doesn't your skin doesn't fit and it, oh it's just horrible yeah yeah I I really You're going on for in in, a, in an environment that is harder than a comedy club oh yeah with exactly. fewer of your natural oh, weapons stupid like, you know and it's always isn't it always you know oh we, we've set it up really nicely oh great well the stage is here and the audience are right yeah, there right there. There. <laughs> because we're not allowed to put chairs on the dance, dance floor, floor. No! <laughs> exactly it's all that and uh, you know. I had a fantastic one the other the other day. I, 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 it was for O2 or something. Anyway, mm. um, it was um, the, see. I write all the stuff and actually, and I have it on my computer. And when I get back, I delete it immediately. I put it into the trash bin, so okay. there is nothing left. There okay. is nothing. <laughs> you were very, you're very orderly. Very your practice. I'm, I'm very dis- the office. Actually, I'm very disorderly, really. But um, okay. But anyway, I did this one for O2, and I uh, and. Um, and I'm just and I got there and I didn't really have much and I was dreading it. It was a horrible room and I was thought, mm. oh god, I'm going to die. Um, and then one of the staff said to me, I said, "What have you been doing today?" You know, well, we've had PowerPoint presentations. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. He said, "No, oh, no." And everyone wrote down their motto for life. Okay. I went, really? I went, yeah. She said, "Yeah, yeah." We all wrote down our own motto. 
I went, really? I said, is there a list of the mottos and, and who wrote them? Amazing. And she went, yeah, I think so. I'll get it for you. So she just got me the list of, you know, Dave from Accounts wrote Who Dares Wins, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I managed to do the whole gig by just reading out those. That's incredible. <laughs> and they must have been happy as Larry. Happy That's as Larry. brilliant. Dave, Who Dares there. Wins? Well, you know you work in a phone shop, don't you, Dave? Yeah. Do you know yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's Have you got one of those little phone holsters that looks like a gun, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff. That, that's that's loved it. But, yeah. Is, given that sometimes it feels like it... What, what, what are the stakes? I was going to say that it feels like it's high stakes because often for a corporate you're being paid, yeah. you know, you might be ten times what you're getting on the circuit or more. Yeah. But um, so you feel the impetus to do a good job. You feel like you have to do a good job, do yeah. you? Yeah, um, well, I feel like do, I have do to you not f- die. That's what yes, I feel okay. like. <laughs> so, so what I'm getting at is, do you feel like it's okay to take the risks of doing stuff that you've written specifically for them in order to do really well for them? What's the, what's the balance of risk going on there? What I, no, it's not, it's not so much that. What it is, is that's what they want. They don't mm. want, you know, you can do your finest home joke and they don't care. Yeah. Yes. You know I mean, they're not interested. They're, what you want? What they want you to go is, oh, look at Dave's stupid hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But you need to, you need to have incredible jokes to be able to get the gig. And then once you've got the gig, you know what I mean? You can give it on Macintyre and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then once you've got the gig, it's about being just funny. Yeah, with I mean, I can't. Room. You know, I'm not very good at doing that. Oh, you know, what do you do? And mm. you know, look at your hair. I'm not very good at that. I don't sure. really do that. I've never compared. Um, okay. Because I'm really totally unsuitable to compare. Yeah. I've tried a few times. Have you really? I would say no, you, no. I, I wouldn't understand why you were unsuitable to compare. You'd make an excellent compare. Because, um, I'll, first of all, I'll go, oh, what do you do? Where are you from? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, the few times I have tried comparing, I've talked to the first person and then said something rude to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And then no one wants to talk to me for the rest of the gig. Oh, um, no. No, I'm not very good at comparing. Okay. No, it's not really. I, you know, I keep thinking I should learn, shouldn't I? I should just go and do comparing. But I don't sure. think I've got that kind of. Have I got a sort of warm compare sort of thing? Have oh, I? you do have a kind of warm. It's a kind of warm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but you do the conversation we're having now. You're making me laugh through things you've prepared and said before and things you've only just thought of you know yeah. that's all comparing is really I suppose and you yeah. have that you have a warmth and it, you're coming at it from a, a much more interesting angle than a generic warmth which a lot of compares have do you know what I mean that yeah. kind of hey great to be here thing yeah. it's very uninteresting I think some of the best compares if you look at someone like Alan Cochran you yes. know, he never comes on and says hey it's great to be here no you know? no but, but he compares in spite of his dour Yes. Yeah. Nature, yeah. You know, I, yeah. You're I right. You I'm probably just down. I probably could do it. Put your finger out, Mike. Go yeah, some sorry. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start rowing my own night. <laughs> oh, God. oh dear. That's another thing. Like like the comparing thing, where it would be great to have those gears. Oh God, it'd be great to run a night. I just don't want to run a night. Yeah. Wouldn't it be useful in every respect if I could put up with running a night? Well, especially with the whole comedy circuit collapsing, I wish you would run a night. And well, me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let, well let's talk about that. It's the second time that's come up. I mean we. Is it is it collapsing? It's certainly. Is it ever going to look like it did five years ago ever again? I don't know. I've got no idea. I hope so because otherwise, you know, I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. You know, I've got a long history of drug addiction, a criminal record, and I haven't done a proper job for twenty years. You know, you've got a McIntyre clip. <laughs> That's your CV from now, Sunshine. You can get into anywhere with that. You can be a judge with that. <laughs> Who's going to employ me? No, seriously though. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the sort of jonglers scene has kind of collapsed, hasn't it? I mean, that uh, they few... seem to be doing jonglers and highlight both seem to be they kind of cut right back and 
kind of improve the clubs that they do have and now yeah. maybe those are coming back whether they end up expanding again and how long that takes I don't know I mean a few years ago you could kind of you know you would do Thursday, Friday, Saturday somewhere like you know Jonglers, Leicester mm. and also double it with Jonglers um, Nottingham mm. so you'd do two shows a night um, you know you'd make quite a lot of money over the weekend and then the rest of the time you could do what you wanted that, that'd yeah. be enough to live quite comfortably on yeah. but that's all gone isn't it yeah. There's no, that doesn't exist anymore you know now you'll be now it's kind of like one night in Leicester mm-hmm. which uh, it's not worth going it's sure. just not worth sure. going to Leicester for one Saturday night gig with the price of petrol and all that nonsense yeah. um, so you, you're better off and much I'm much more I'm happier to just do a couple of little gigs in London Mm-hmm. you know for less money less petrol expenses and be at home yes, yes. You know, so that, that it's changed massively um, I don't know what's going to happen talking about other other comics on the circuit what sorts of things do you see that inspire you which, which comedians in particular inspire you and make you think wow oh, that's what I want to be like if, if that if that is a thing, if you do, if you I do want do. to. What I, what inspired me are great routines. That's what inspired me. I'd like to write a great bit. Do you know what I mean? That's gotcha. what I want yes. to do. I want yes. people to go. Oh yeah, that. Do you know Mike Gunn's bit on that? You know? Yes. That's what I want. Yes. Like, you know, um, there there are bits that kind of lift people, aren't there? Out of mm. you know, like. Um, Ed Burns' um, ironic routine. Yes. You know, at the time, even Madonna was talking about it in the press at the time. <laughs> you know, um, they're just some great routines, aren't they? Like um, <sighs> Gavin Webster's stuff about pandas. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that's really what I'm. What I'd like. I like to do. I'd like to try and write a, a great routine. That's always what I'm. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm after. Something that people go. Oh yeah, that's my you know like like the seven stages of drinking or whatever yeah, you know those yes, those, those routines that anyway. oh that's made me want to hear that all over exactly. I haven't heard that in years or you know I saw McIntyre at the O2 recently and he's mm. got a great big routine about going to the dentist and it, you know it's one of those you just go yeah you know mm. that's that, that that's covers. that done yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's really kind of you know that's what I'm always wanting to do. And is that, has that been the same since you started doing comedy? Was that a thing that at the oh. time made you go, that's what I want to do? No, or at the time were you just going, I want to exist as a comic? I, want, I didn't even want to do that really when I started. Yeah. What, my ambition when I started was to do um, 10 minutes at the comedy store. That was my okay. ambition. Yeah. That was really what I wanted to do. I wanted to do, a, you know... A, and then I'd, once I'd done that, then I wanted to do a good 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But that's good. That's good. Uh, that I, I did a, a marketing thing. I did a marketing day at Equity, like a free training day. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that is what they would call a smart goal because it is specific, measurable, achievable. Oh, right, yeah. And then two other things beginning with R and T. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's a really good. That, one of the things that constantly frustrates me about this you know it's the, the flip side of the ludicrous romance of being able to do and go wherever you want yeah. all that freedom yeah. the flip side of that is that you um, you have to make your own goals and then no one else pats you on the back necessarily or tells you when, you, yeah. when you've done it I find that a very difficult I've talked to you on the show about that before I find it very difficult as well like mm. I say I mean you know I will sit and you know and write for a deadline you know and try and come up but literally even then it'll be like a few hours before the actual deadline yeah but if I've got no deadline, you know, 
oh god I'll look at Facebook or you know whatever you know, yeah. there's always something else I could be doing you know as that sort of that stair gate's broken downstairs and he's yeah. screwed you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever and by the time that's done you've had a cup of tea now you've got to wash that up and then you've got to look at all the other washing up and he's, yeah completely exactly you know I do find it very hard to motivate myself to do mm. you know very hard to sit down and write because I, I find it difficult to write like I say, it's why, why I like this podcast because, yeah. like you, I think, oh, I might find out the secret. Yeah, <laughs> what is that, it? I've got a book down here called Comedy Writing Secrets. I've got that one. I've got that one. There's nothing secret. There's no in that secret. Book. Is there? <laughs> That's the real book. I should do one. The comedian's comedian. The real secret of writing comedy. Just one page. Work hard. There we are. Here's the real secret of writing comedy. This book. I use this one. Dictionary of idioms and catchphrases. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I use. Very nice. Uh, okay. If you look at that, although of course you, nowadays you can just Google that. Well, no, you can't because then you're on you're online, and then Facebook is one click away. So you've got to stay yeah. away. <laughs> I'll tell you another thing I do, um, which I just thought about writing, is if I'm writing about, um, I don't know, crossing the line, for instance, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is I'm writing about, photocopiers, um, spiders, whatever. If I just type the word spider into Google. Mm-hmm. And I don't look at all the things. I just look at the list of stuff that comes yes. up. Yes, yes. So, you know. That's quite a good way of generating... And that more yeah, stuff okay. on your list. Okay. I mean, there'll be, spy- be probably be spider jiving by Andy Fairweather Lowe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> an old song from, you know, 70s or something. So yeah. stuff like that will come up and I'll go, OK, singers, you know, the thing about spiders. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just makes me... Th- it's just ways of making your brain look at it from a different point of view. The, the, and the other thing I do is once I've got all this stuff and I'm looking for an angle, um, I will tr- look at it from another angle, basically. I'll go, well, what does this look like to somebody who's looking at it from outside? Ah, OK. OK. okay. So yeah. what, the, the, the story's about these two people. What does it look like to somebody who's looking at them? What does it sound like to somebody that's looking at them and not seeing what they're not knowing what they're talking about? You know, just try and make my brain okay. come up with some sort of... That's know, fascinating. Yeah. I was going I was going to say because some of the listenership of this podcast are people who aren't comedians. Let's just yeah. talk about what an angle means initially in in terms of comedy. Like you you come at a subject from an angle. That is, is, that, is that the same thing as a premise? Um, like like with one of your your very well known bits that you've got you know all your money is tied up in your parents' yeah. house. Oh yeah. Uh, the, so the, pre- <laughs> the premise there is um, coming. Is, the, you're, no, that was an accident. It was an accident. I watched it on YouTube this morning. Um, that um, that the premise there is that you are encouraging your parents to die to get <laughs> yeah. the money. So that that would be well. That the would angle be, is I'm the angle. Yeah, I suppose it, that, 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 yeah the the angle is. I mean, most people. I, I think most people probably have thought that. What am I going to get when my parents die? Sure. Haven't they? Sure. But do most people verbalise it? I don't think they do. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm fairly sure neither of my parents will listen to this show. No. But I think at the same time, I think uh, I don't think I have ever thought that. Maybe no. Not, maybe or maybe it's just maybe it's my sort of. Yeah. You know, like I say, I think that if you have a kind of fairly kind of screwed up background then you have a kind of darker darker sense of humour oh sure sure uh, I also think if you're a comic you have a darker sense of yes. humour because after a while yes. you know the average kind of pleasant little joke doesn't do it for you yes it's a bit course. you know it's progressive but like all things <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. get a tolerance for nice jokes <laughs> yeah yeah and after a while you go oh that Frankie Boyle's a bit tame yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of the A-class jokes you know so looking at things from looking at ideas from other people's 
perspectives, other people that are either involved in the joke or might yeah. not be involved in the joke. That's or, or or who it affects as well. Those are things like you know who's yeah. this going to affect. You could look at that. For, yeah, you see, know. I'm terrible at doing those. Giving, tell me loads of those. Loads <laughs> of possibly, I'm really awful at doing that. And all of my stuff at, is me, it, me, me. Yeah, if you look at the story, um, like for instance, you know, my, my dad dying story, you can go, okay. You know, who's it going to affect? It's going to affect him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And who benefits? It's quite a, you know, it's going to benefit me. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so quite often I'll look at, at that. What do, what do other people get out of this? Yes. You know, that's another angle to look at. And like I say, all this stuff is just to make your head kind of, your brain work. But very often it's none of this. Yes. You know, I might start writing a joke about something and I'll end up writing a joke about something completely different. Sure. And then what you, I think, what, what, what you, what I tend to do is go, no, no, I'm writing about this, <laughs> not that. Yes, I, what I'll you just should do. Quick, I've been all of these brilliant exactly. ideas I'm having because I try and work yeah. on this rubbish. Yeah. Exactly. What you should do is just go with that and go, okay, mm. you know, and then mm. try and do that, you know. I mean, I wrote a whole load of stuff about just recently the, um, the, they changed the law to make it illegal to drug drive. Okay. Yeah, only just recently, bizarrely, which and I immediately thought, wow, that that should be a subject for me. Sure. I should sure. I should write jokes about that because I've done a lot of drug driving in my time. Um, you know, and you know, I write down everything. I know I didn't really. I, I came up with a load of jokes. Mm. None of them are very good. Mm. You know, and I've kind of I've tried and I've tried. And I thought I'm going to give up on this now. Mm. You know. How are the police going to know you're drug driving? You know, one of the jokes I wrote was if, if they pull you up and you're wearing a seatbelt but it's tied around your arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they say, if they pull you over and say, blow in this bag and you're so stoned, you say, no, blows in this bag. <laughs> you know, so I wrote a load of gags like that, but, uh, you know, they never really worked. Um, they worked all right, but not good enough. This might be something quite interesting for your uh, listenership. It was I wrote a whole routine about iPhone video calling, okay. Okay, which I thought was a brilliant routine. Mm-hmm. And I ran it in a little tryout nights, okay, because I had to do the Live at the Comedy Store show, which would be mm-hmm. out showing now, mm-hmm. okay. But it was good money. I didn't have a new routine that I could do on it. So I thought, right, I will do one and I will take. Now they offered it me, and I thought, yes. They said, have you got some new stuff to do? And I said, yes, although I didn't. Brilliant. Deadlines, lovely. Yeah, exactly. I thought, I have a deadline. And I wrote this routine about... Um, it was actually an old routine from years ago, which never worked. Mm. About, and I thought, but now video calling is... It was a routine about what's going to happen when we have video calling. Oh, I okay. see, OK. So I, I dug it out, like, right, OK. And I, and I ran it in, I wrote it, I rewrote it, and I ran it in all these little tryout nights. It went great, OK? Mm-hmm. Um, and I then did it on the Live at the Comedy Hall show, and it will be out there now on mm. Paramount. But having done it, um, and now I've, since then, I've tried it in proper clubs. It doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Okay. And part of the reason it doesn't work is because it's, it's badly written. Um, because those little clubs, you know, you go on after people that are really new and they don't... Yes. And just You've just got confidence and, you know, you can get away with it. You get so a false positive you reaction. You get a false positive. Yeah. Also... It was nonsense because I was talking about vi- doing video calls and I was miming having the phone at my ear. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, you don't when you no, do a video. You no, hold it in front of your face, don't you? Yes. You look at it. It was only after it had been recorded, and, you know, and it's now out there on Paramount, 
Yeah. Um, that I suddenly dawned on hell in a minute. <laughs> hey, listen, if you didn't notice... I'm looking like a right muppet here. Maybe a lot of people out there won't notice. <laughs> but anyway, so of course I changed it and I'm now doing it that way, mm-hmm. but it still mm-hmm. doesn't work. Uh, okay. <laughs> so did it work, work on the recording? Yeah. On the no- okay, yeah. well, you're fine then, as long as there's people in the room laughing at that. You know, that's, it's just <laughs> that makes no difference to a TV recording, as you know. Edit yes, I suppose. One way or the other. Um, but anyway, and so now I'm going to try and redo it, because I still think it's a funny mm. idea. Mm. The idea is that we don't really want video calling because the phone's for lying, you know. Yes, okay. It's bad yeah. enough having to, you know, put on the sick voice when you're ringing up work. <laughs> yeah. But now you've got sick, to do full makeup. You've got to do the sick face, you've got to have makeup, you know. What if you're not at home, you'll need scenery, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote this whole thing about, you know, there'll be a scenery app that you can get that just makes it look like you're somewhere. And, you mm. know. Anyway, mm. it didn't work. <laughs> do, you, do you have any... Um, do you have any uh, uh, kind of maxims or mottos that you that you write to? Do you have any things where you like you're you're just go oh, I can't come anything with this, and you go no nope, stick to the stick to the rule? No, no, I don't. No, okay, no. I was thinking I should have a catchphrase. Everyone <laughs> needs a catchphrase. <laughs> God. And uh, somebody suggested I should have no you fuck off. <laughs> 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 Which I actually well, think's quite good. Is that idea. for use on stage or <laughs> yeah, kind of on a motivational stage. poster on top of your desk? <laughs> no, for use on stage. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's a good catchphrase, isn't it? Might have been Joe Caulfield that suggested it, I think, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe's fantastic. Yeah. I might try it. Mm? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, there's a, there's that, that calls to mind something, actually, just about um, about the work you do in commercial clubs as opposed to the work that is either going to get you on TV or that you could do on TV. Because the kind of the thing that... I imagine there is a rule mm. that if you do stuff that's got too much swearing in it yeah. or is too sexually based, yeah. it's not going to get you on TV or it's not going to make it onto TV. No, I'm, I don't... I'm, I'm fairly clean anyway. I mean, mm. I'm swearing, I don't do that much swearing. Sure. And I don't... I do very little sort of graphic sex stuff. Okay. So I don't have to change it too much. Sure. When I did the the, the Macintyre thing, I had to change um, the word wank to happy ending. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and not much else, really. I didn't have to change. I didn't. Yeah. I, I've done, done something very similar with an yeah. adaptation of one of my lines and actually I find that I've stuck with the, with the, clean the cleaner version, version yeah. because actually it's sort of, it, it takes away, you know, what it loses in, in kind of plosive punch it probably benefits from in terms of not turning off certain things. Exactly, yeah. It's harder to do it cleaner, but I I think it's worth the effort because um, you don't have to edit for, you know, you don't have to edit for to do TV things. And I've done bits on radio, Radio 4 and all that. That's got to be clean. I did a whole thing about drugs on Radio 4 on Shappy's show. Mm. It was fairly easy to keep that clean um, because I'm relatively clean. I mean, I I have dark subjects, but they're not swearing. Sure. Sure. And also to do corporate events, they always want it clean. Yes. Well, the audience don't, but the bookers, yeah, the yeah, bookers they, do. Yeah, the bookers know. have to be seen to have told you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I, it's quite hard to kind of if you're used to doing filth and swearing, it's quite hard to edit it out. I, mm. I think it's probably best to keep it cleanish. Mm. Although, like I say, I went to see McIntyre at the O2. Um, the, the other night he I've never seen him swear so much really, really? <laughs> yeah I suppose he's at a stage now where he does what he wants I suppose <laughs> so and I suppose also you know he's at the O2 um, mm. 
and uh, there was a very funny little bit where he did some song and he went ooh I'm improvising at the O2 <laughs> <laughs> and whether or not that's a line or not <laughs> sure. I, I don't know because he's very you know he, again he looks very natural but he works very hard yes um, Yes. or I actually think I really think he was he did actually catch himself <laughs> improvising at the O2 yeah, it sounds like the sort of thing you'd say if you did catch yourself doing that that sounds like a momentary peek behind the, uh, it, was, the yeah, it was very good he was very good uh, yeah, look, I've written the Mio method here. One plus one plus one. Okay. It's one What's hour one plus of working one plus one hour of exercising plus one hour of working. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is there, were these your notes in advance of the podcast? Yeah, no, it just reminded me to the. the uh, I just wrote down Jean, the way I write. Oh, right. I see. Jean yes. Parrot, um, and Mio spider diagrams oh and the other one's The Artist's Way oh yeah that was you just write there's a book called The Artist's Way do you know it? I don't know I think I've heard of it I've not seen yeah, it yeah it's this uh, it basically says you know get on with it <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these this is all going in my book I'm going to end up doing a comedian's yeah. comedian book it's, just it's like work recovering your creative it. self it's just ways to make you get on with it okay it's the same shit it says just write <laughs> <laughs> As all these things do, it says just right. Yeah, that, that's all. So that was Mike. What a fascinating conversation. And remember, there's another 40 minutes worth of stuff, all sorts of things about uh, about plagiarism and more stuff on corporates. Uh, Mike's fabulous tour that he did with Sean Collins, some really funny, some really interesting ideas there about how they did a sort of a double-header tour uh, and some very specific tips uh, for acts who are doing the the tryout spot at the Comedy Store in London. Uh, plus, uh, Mike talking about his experiences on the Edinburgh Fringe. All of those available as a, a free MP3 download if you go to comedianscomedian.com backslash Mike, M-I-K-E. Uh, go there, get those, put in your email address, that'll download automatically if you've done that before. If not, then you just need to follow a couple of steps to sign up and you'll end up on my mailing list, which, as everyone will know, I don't use to spam you because I never get around to it. Um, that's that's everything. Next week, I Oh my god! I don't know. I don't know what order they're coming out in, but I'm t- later today. I'm going to interview the brilliant Keith Farnan, um, a fantastic Irish comic who a lot of you will know and love. Um, so that one's coming up. I've also spoken to Phil Burgers, aka Doctor Brown, and we we managed to squeeze in almost exactly one hour of chat, which I might well put up unedited because it, it's just it's. It's a, a shot in the arm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's an unbelievable interview. So I don't know when that will come out, but soon I hope. Also got lots more live stuff. I know a lot of you have been asking about Rod Gilbert, about Pappies, about Abandaman, and they're all going to be coming up soon that were live in Edinburgh, just gone. So that's all the stuff. Thank you very much to, uh, to everyone for listening. Remember, Funny for No Money or Hack for Cash, if you want to tweet me at ComComPod with your ideas about whatever it was I said earlier on. I've forgotten. What was it? Was it Birds and Crime? It's birds and crime. Go for it. Um, so do chuck in those. Keep telling people about the show. I love that you're all getting behind it and supporting it. I really appreciate it. And uh, and we'll be back soon with a lot more great stuff. Um, last thing is, uh, yes, yeah, just uh, just all the thank yous, really. Thank you to BBC Worldwide. Thank you to uh, Tom Wateracre, Graham Crockford, and all the usual dudes for helping out. Uh, hello to Horace, as usual. And uh, I will speak to you all soon. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.